You're having tea with Alice. Welcome to the podcast for this week. This week I spoke with Laura Davis, who's a Melbourne comedian and an excellent conversationalist. We sat in the corner of the lobby of the Sheraton in Sydney and I'll say thank you to them for not disturbing us despite the fact that they looked at us a few times a little bit oddly and we are not paying for a hotel room in their institution so they have every right to look at us oddly but I appreciated their service to the arts in letting us sit in a corner and talk shit. Uh, I am having a bubble tea, green tea from Cha Time which is my favourite thing to do um, when I'm having a treat that's just for me. We talked about that a little bit, uh, Laura and I, during our conversation. We had some interesting discussions about food and guilt and shame and, and being the person you want to be and how a lot of us seem to believe that if we eat the right things we'll be the people that we want to be. We also spoke a little bit about alcohol and comedy and truth and all sorts of interesting things. I hope you enjoy listening to it. I'm I'm in a slightly fallow period for comedy at the moment. I don't have any gigs for the next two weeks, week and a half, and then I'm going to Melbourne from the 12th to the 18th. I have gigs then, then I'm back in Sydney, then I'm going to Splendour in the Grass. I'm performing there at their late night comedy thing, which is going to be a blast. I enjoy it a lot. Last year I got to debate against Julian Assange, which made me feel famous maybe I don't know um I have to write I have to write my show for the Sydney Fringe my next solo show which is intimidating and then also on top of that I um will be doing an aggressively helpful show and a show based on tracksuits tracksuits live which is a show based on the radio show that I do with Dave Carter So lots of big things coming up, not a lot happening right now, just a sort of an eye of the storm feeling maybe. Maybe I should be doing more than I'm doing, that kind of feeling. Uh, If you want to look me up on the internet, uh, you want to be looking at alicecomedyfraser.com and if you want to email me and say hello or uh, suggest things alicerfraser at gmail.com if you want a copy of everyone's a winner uh, the link to my dropbox i have one or two that i still haven't got around to sending out but email me on alicerfraser at gmail.com i have links and you can listen to that for free it's not a great quality recording but if you want to see uh what i what it sounds like if you want to hear what it sounds like for me to do a whole show then you should uh, email me and find that out and otherwise i hope you enjoy the conversation that i'm having with laura you're having tea with alice why not why bad things happen to good people Mm, but why do good people allow bad things to happen to them? I was talking to my friend um, about I've always hated my day jobs. Like I've always properly 
I don't think I've had very many where I've gone, oh good, I'm going to work. And his theory on it is that I hate myself and all of these horrible... This is an elaborate way of cutting yourself? Yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah, exactly that, like detailed, <laughs> remunerated self-harm. Badly remunerated, just enough to really make it sting. Yeah, I'm not talking about just jobs that I find boring. Yeah. But jobs that are physically punishing and... A form of self-harm. Yeah, deathly boring and way less than jobs that I could... See, I don't know necessarily... I wouldn't say that's necessarily a form of self-harm. You want to be a stand-up, right? Yes. More than anything else. Yes. Maybe you're worried that if you do a job that you'll like, that you like, you'll be That's able to, uh, you'll be able to bear it, and you'll be able yeah. to, or you'll love it, and you'll take away from your other dream. That's my theory. That's what. Whenever I go, I hate this. I go, you're supposed to hate it. Like yeah. it's kind of this, this dead end way of giving myself no other options. Well, if you had a job that you found creatively fulfilling and inspiring and well remunerated, then what would be your drive to do comedy? Would you still have that drive? I feel like I would still have that drive, but I would go, yeah, but this is great. (laughs) Yeah, this is good. This is great. Yeah. I can afford to pay my rent. I'm lucky to be doing this. Whereas... I would still go, ah, but I want to do that. I want to perform. But maybe I'm asking too much and talk myself out of it. Whereas if you're doing jobs that you just yeah. loathe, you just couldn't stand, they're kind yeah. of slowly killing you. Yeah, exactly. That you just need that the urge to do stand-up yeah. is, is so much it's, the only joy in your life that you have to... It's a threat. It's a constant threat. That's an interesting way to, to motivate yourself. I know, but I worry that it was completely subconscious until, yeah, until my friend accused me of hating myself, and I went, no, I don't, I don't think that I deserve to be unhappy. Yeah, I just think it's a safe way of of making sure that I'm only happy <laughs> in the one channel I allow happiness. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's strict. an interesting. It's an interesting uh, thing. I don't know that I respond that well to negative pressures. <laughs> like I tend to re- respond maybe a little bit too much to encouragement and enthusiasm. Like how about bribery, praise, <laughs> bribery? Uh, not so much. Money's not important to me. People loving me is important. That's bribery too. It's a form of bribery, isn't it? It's a self-indulgent form of bribery. Um, yeah. That's but why do good people put up with unpleasant situations way easier? Because they think they can take it. Uh-huh. Why do the bad people go, Ah, you're out of my favourite kind of cake and now I'm mad. <laughs> because, um... Because our society is weird and recognises strength only when it is overt and not when it is 
quiet strength. We don't celebrate strength quiet strength. Strength in the face of not having your favourite kind of cake. Yeah, we only uh, recognise noisy, flashy strength and reward noisy, flashy strength. People aren't punished anymore for not being chaste and modest <laughs> and quiet and, and uh, you know, noble in that um, self-sacrificing way. It's just not something that people notice or reward you for. People take it for granted. Strange. What strength would you like to have that you don't have? Loud, flashy strength. Yeah? No, I mean, like, I have amazing abs. <laughs> but I would like the strength to be able to... It's not even to be able to say when there's a problem or somebody's kind of overstepping a boundary. It's to even notice it. Like, I'll say things that are okay. I'll, I'll say things are okay that are not okay. Because I don't recognise how not okay they are until afterwards. I, I, I would like to be able to think quicker in circumstances where mm. things like this are happening that mm. are not okay. Like, I get very tongue-tied and very speechless. Like, there was this woman the other day who was choking her kid. Did I tell you about this? No. So it was in Sydney, in the, outside the QVB, and it, he would have been about five, and her partner was standing there with two other children. And I thought she was telling him off, and then I realised she had her hand around his throat and was really digging her fingers in, like she was viciously angry, like really trying to hurt him. And I put my hand on her shoulder, and I said, excuse me. And she turned around and said, you know, you try having triplets, you try to judge me, blah, 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 how dare you, and then retreated. And... I didn't. Well, did you try having triplets? <laughs> well, I was like, I, I, I was thinking, you know, my mum had MS and twins, so, and she never hit, touched us like that. And, yeah. and it's never okay to touch a kid like that. And there's no point in. It doesn't, yeah. There's no, like, it's not okay to be violent just because you're angry. In fact, that's the whole point. Like, nobody's violent when they're not angry. <laughs> it's, 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 you're teaching these three kids, these three young boys, that it's okay to be violent so long as you're angry. That's not a good lesson. And I didn't say any of that. And I was... But she was already gone by the time I thought of any of that to say, except, you know, that's not okay. And to, to stop her from, like, just physically put my hand on her shoulder and, and stop her from doing it. I could do that, but I couldn't say any of the things that needed to be said. A lot of people wouldn't even get to step one. <laughs> yeah, but I wish that the kind of strength, mm. I wish I could have articulated. Because for somebody, this is something I talked about in my very first show, for somebody who's good at words, when it comes to emotional things, like really real things, I'm not good. Yeah, you got to go downstairs to, to get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. All the stuff you need is is not where you are. Yeah. So that was that's the kind of strength I'd like to have. What about you? I always wanted that. I remember that wanting that when I was younger, maybe twenty. I worked at a cafe where the woman in the kitchen used to hit me and push me and and kind of slap me when I was working well that's not okay exactly um and there was a point where i realized that i was going to quit the job 
but in six went, weeks when I went to the comedy festival. So I kind of went, okay, this is crap, but I'm only working here for... Um, another month and a half. Yeah, something like that. Like, there was definitely a time limit, and I knew I couldn't get another job in between, but I never dealt with it. Mm. I remember wishing that I had had the ability back then to to work out what to say and say it before she kind of worked out that she could just whack me every time she went past. Yeah. Um, this is still a very old, very grumpy lady who's worked in the kitchen forever and I guess doesn't realise that you can't hit your staff. It's not, it's against the law. <laughs> yes. That's kind of what I wanted to say to this woman, like it's, it's against the law to do what yeah, she was doing. Yeah, we made laws for people like you. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not right. But, yeah, I have a um, couple of friends who are very revenge-oriented. They're like, God, you know, God won't fix it. They're atheist mm. and, and, and they don't, they want, they want to take revenge. So, for example, if my friend was also your friend and you told him that story, he would find that woman and tell her that what she'd done was wrong. That's a lot of energy. Yeah. Uh, and I don't... I don't know if... If my friend is right or not. Because on one hand it's like, well, it, I'm not that badly damaged by X and let's all just get over it and move on. But he's like, well, they'll never learn the lesson unless you... <laughs> you know, teach it to them. But theoretically this lady knows... Like she's not... She's not aware enough to not to, hit and choke to her still child. not choke her child, but she must know. Well, yeah, like I, w- I did stop her doing that thing, and she clearly knew she was wrong because she leapt to her own defence. You don't. She wasn't saying how you know how dare you interfere. She was saying, you know, how dare you judge me? My life is really hard. Hmm. Everyone's life is really hard. Yes. Not everyone chokes their children. No, I've never choked a child. Oh, just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) No. Not even a little bit. No. I don't know. I think... I think maybe I've gotten that as I've gotten a bit older, learning how to react when um, people aren't correct mm. <laughs> um, and uh, there's some fun things like when I'm at work to like the, the, the staff and the managers don't always work well together and sometimes it's nice to just surprise people by aggressively being a person at them mm-hmm. like when they are not they are not speaking to you politely or they're not Treating you as though you're a real human being. Exactly, to suddenly pop out of your zombie (laughs) shell and go, oh, hi, no, I don't think that you're communicating in a constructive manner. And (laughs) watch their faces react to somebody actually speaking to them as a person about how they're being a person. And you remind them in one moment that you are both people and not weird robots. Yeah, because companies only measure output. They don't measure how you get that output. Yeah. And they also don't measure, like, 
you can force people to work in this really robotic and mechanical way only if people are disposable. Yeah. And in the job that you're in, people are disposable. They'll yeah. just, but if you burn out, then they'll just get someone else in. <laughs> They're very welcome to. Um, I don't know what power I would like now. Maybe strength. What strength you'd like? Yeah. Maybe I'd like to be able to push myself. Uh, into situations where I am uncomfortable a bit kinder than I do like now I I will either avoid it or it will be a quite a brutal forcing yourself yeah I feel like maybe I'd like to be able to either work out things that I should and shouldn't do Mm. and stop doing this horrible thing where I go no it's good for you to go and do this go and do this and get there and realise that I was completely right. Yeah. <laughs> I was completely right. I should never have made myself do X. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I feel sometimes, yeah, I would like to have either more impulse control or less. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I don't... There are things that I uh, would like to be able to just do really freely and not worry about them or not do them yeah like well, even on, on a small level with just like eating things I'd either like to just be able to eat the goddamn cake and not feel weird about it or just not eat the cake because I, you know I don't mind if I do or don't eat cake I just don't want to feel bad about it <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever felt bad about eating cake I guess that is maybe my greatest strength. Your greatest strength is not feeling bad. You would not believe how rare you would be among <laughs> the majority of even even men now. Just people. I, that cake dance is really weird to me. Because I, I intellectually I understand the concept of people feeling guilty when they eat, say, cake. <laughs> But that's only in the same way that I intellectually understand um, kind of anything. But you don't, you don't do. understand. It's not about the cake. It's about the substitution of physical well-being for moral hygiene. So, like... Yeah, this the, is the... I don't, I don't people, understand the cake People dance. are good people if they don't eat cake... Or if they eat cake happily, but you're a bad person if you do eat cake and feel guilty about it. <laughs> but why can't you? Why aren't you a bad person if you eat cake and feel happy about eating cake? Because then you're the kind of person who does enough exercise that they don't need to feel guilty about eating cake. This is one thing. I, yeah, I can't get to the bottom of it. I can't it's understand it. It's completely insane. I it's don't understand it. Because I eat cake. Completely insane and socially pervasive. I eat cake. I know, but this cake dance, like, oh, would you like? And people go, oh, no, better not. And then I go, okay, well, I'm getting cake. And they go, oh, you're getting cake. Uh, I'll get some cake. Oh, no, I'm getting cake. <laughs> don't get cake. And like, oh, all right, I won't get cake. Go, okay, I'm still going to get cake. <laughs> I'm going to eat it. Because every time I've eaten cake, 
Nothing bad has happened. <laughs> I've never eaten cake and had consequences. But that's everyone else uh, imposes the, the, the consequences on themselves. Because <laughs> the cake is not just the singular cake. It's the cake represents the battle against you your own basic instincts in any circumstance. Cake is never just cake for most people. Some okay. Pa- for you, cake is just cake. Okay. Cake is, is, is symbolism for most people. Okay. Maybe I have that symbol on other things, though. Maybe. Is there anything that you do that when you do it, you think, fuck, this means that I'm never going to be the person I want to be? Is it that serious with yeah, the cake? that's how serious it is Because, like, I, I know I have more temperance than other people do. Like, I don't drink. And, yeah, I don't um, drink that. Like, all of... Which is hard in the comedy world. It's sometimes. very difficult. <laughs> that's one other thing I want to talk about later then. That's an idea. But the... So I do... I do make myself exercise, but I I like exercise. Like, I yeah. always... It's not so much a, oh, you fat piece of shit... Get out there and do stuff. I think the worst thing I've ever said to my... I used to, I used to when I was a teenage girl, I was brutal to myself. Um, and fortunately, I've seemed to have grown out of it. Stand-ups helped a lot, I think, because when you essentially sell your personality to mm. people, you start to cut yourself some slack. Yeah. I've always gone, ah, oh, well... And that, I know, is something that drives me with stand-up is telling people all of the ugliest parts of myself and having them still like me, and then I feel like I get... It's not even redemption, but but it buys me some time, mm. and it is between gigs and stuff, and I'll go back on stage and I'll have a great time. I go, ah, oh, that's what you're for. Like, that's why you're here. That's the purpose that you have. So then I don't worry about other stuff. But if you take what I do away then I feel like I would have problems with everything yeah because um, I don't have that that wipe clear um every you know every night or so but but I don't get it with a cake I don't get it maybe there's something else for you if I do something and I feel like I'm never going to be the person I want to be because I've done this I also get it if I say I'm going to write a thing and I don't get round to it. Yeah, I feel that. And then I get this guilt and shame thing from that. Mm. Yeah, I get get that. Um, Yeah, if I have big plans for myself to make stuff and I end up... But then again, I really do let... Maybe... I don't feel like I'm undisciplined, but I do let myself... I just tell myself maybe that's not the right time for that thing to have happened <laughs> and I go oh you were supposed to write an article yeah you're supposed to write it and you didn't well what if you wrote the article and then did other stuff but you didn't you did the other stuff and I kind of just tell myself that I had more fun doing the other stuff anyway <laughs> And maybe that was what I needed to do. Yeah, that's interesting. But I do, I do feel guilty. Mm. Like I'm supposed to have six scripts written as of. But not the kind of guilt where you're just like, oh, I'm, ne- I'm never gonna be. 
Oh, uh, sometimes that comes in, but only only now that they're maybe four or five months overdue. Mm. These six <laughs> scripts, so that I start going ah, yeah. But then I go and have meetings with the guy who's directing, and who I'm submitting the scripts to, and I just say, I, I'm not there yet, and I don't feel like it's because I've been sitting doing nothing. I've been trying to write them, they're just not where you want them to be. Yeah, and I just. Yeah. So but the you guilt, have to wait for these things. The guilt before you process it and put it away with your yeah. am, uh, admirably rational, <laughs> admirably rational mind. Uh, that's the feeling that people get when or they cake. eat cake. When they when they eat cake in a conflicted way, <laughs> because it's such a waste of cake. You either want to be a happy cake eater or a non-cake eater. You don't want to be a guilty cake eater. Yeah, when I'm that that's weakness. Weakness is guilty cake eating. It's a waste of cake. Strength is, okay. strength is not eating cake or eating cake happily. When I was, I dieted fairly severely, maybe, maybe just over twelve months ago now. But I stopped once. Um, once I felt it getting into my brain, like oh. into my and into my emotions. Um, when it was just okay this much energy for this much exercise for this much weight loss that was all fine like I was really brutal about it but it wasn't emotionally driven it was medically um, incentivized <laughs> and the moment yeah the moment that I started feeling said weird. no to something and felt good uh-huh. and then the moment that I said yes to something and felt bad I let it, that happen once and I stopped dieting. Is that because you've had food weirdness before or because you just know what's healthy for you? Yeah. Mentally? Yeah, I think I think that. I don't think that I've ever had issues with food. Um yeah, and the moment that 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 yeah, that single day where I felt ah oh, good. Like I, I would feel like I'd feel proud of myself for sticking to the stuff, yeah, but yeah, the moment that, that there smugness, was smugness, the moral, but high or or the relief, like the feeling of relief of saying no to uh, ice cream or whatever it was, cake. When I felt relief, like oh thank goodness I just escaped, I just oh yeah, yeah. oh I just said no to cake, thank I oh, thank God the disproportionate yeah that emphasis. that was when I stopped on that day because it just feels weird and I don't think that's the person that I want to walk around with in my head. Yeah, certainly it's not great, but I think mo- a lot of people, if not most people, yeah. have weird things about food and eating Stressful. and control and self-control, especially most Western middle-class people. It's stressful. I wanted to talk, maybe I'm trying to write jokes about it, and you'd be a good person to talk to about it. The reaction people get and and give to you when you tell them that you don't drink. Huh. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why does that... Is that the same as the cake thing, but it's but it's, a few more layers? Here's an interesting one. So... Why? Why when I say I don't drink... Do people react so negatively and not even in just a 
Ah, oh, bloody have a beer, like peer pressure, join in kind of way. That's what they show you in cartoons at high school. In the cartoon where the kid's like, no, no, I don't want a beer, and everyone just teases them. Yeah. That's not it. It's this silence, immediate, like, psychological severing of you and the people around you. There's lots of... I think Why? Why? Um, okay, so here are my <laughs> theories. Uh, and here's two sides. Here's two sides from two different people. Uh, one is um, that if you don't drink, you will never share a set of experiences, including the golden hour when everyone's just a little bit tipsy and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if you are not drinking while other people are drinking, you have an advantage over them. Because they've made themselves vulnerable. They've taken their controls off. Mm-hmm. And they are weak in certain ways that you could theoretically take advantage of. Or they can be ridiculous to you in ways that you'll remember. And so people feel weird about that. And then the other side of it, the other side of that argument, or it's just another completely different perspective from another person that I know. Um, is that if you drink, he's, he doesn't drink, if you drink, uh, you know that it's wrong in a small way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the, at least it's not the best thing you could be doing. And if you are doing something that you know is wrong, it's okay if everyone else is doing it, mm-hmm. but it's not okay if somebody draws attention to it. You become, as a non-drinker, a reminder to them that they're not being the kind of person that they want to be and they resent that you become the schoolmistress the person telling them off just by your very presence is a reproach to them if they feel insecure about what they're doing does that make sense yeah even if you're not saying anything yeah yeah i see so those are the two sort but of then signs. what we all non-drinkers have to stay outside yeah, so that we're not looking at them with our judgy, judgy eyes. <laughs> I'll have a juice. But I don't want to join in rounds because I don't want to drink 14 juices. <laughs> exactly. Nobody actually drinks that much liquid, Jesus. <laughs> too much. It's too much liquid. I'll get you a Coke. I can't drink four litres of Coke. I can't do it. It's too much. No, it's I don't even want that. I'll get you a glass of water. Why? Why? I've already drunk a glass of water. Water's not very interesting. I'm not thirsty anymore. So why don't you drink? What made you decide not to? Or is it just something that you just don't like? Um, I never liked it. I think I'm a control freak. Yeah, Um, awesome. On my... On my mother's (laughs) side. (laughs) Not so much in terms of... Like, I, I feel like I still respond pretty comfortably to um, situations that are out of my control. Like, mm. I, I still feel like I'm quite easygoing. Um, but I don't feel that... I, I'm very particular about how I like my brain to be. Um, yeah. That's, that's one element that I won't Which compromise sort of- on proven with your unwillingness to get sucked into the 
society-wide eating disorder that we have. <laughs> I like... Yeah, I like how it all is and I like the way that I see things and um, I think it's good for stand-up. I think that it's good to... See things clearly. See things clearly and... and and or unclearly and just you know if I don't feel good I want to know why I don't want to cover it up with anything yeah and that thing of you almost don't want coping mechanisms yeah well that thing of people go oh no I can't dance unless I drunk uh, unless I'm drunk I can't dance unless I'm drunk because I feel too nervous and it's not it's not uh, like a like a high and mighty perspective but I can dance and I feel nervous but I just do it I just work through that to the point where I realise it doesn't matter no one looks at you no one cares and if they do they're bad people and then that's fixed like it's done yeah that emotional job is done then you can move on to other emotional jobs yeah um, I don't react very well to it. Like, I, I'm quite... I think genetically, my younger brother is exactly the same, where we're both uh, fairly outgoing, quite talkative, uh, overly excitable. But the moment that we drink, kind of it, it shuts us down very quickly. Yeah. And whilst I had huge amounts of social anxiety, and still do, like, I still get hugely overwhelmed at parties and um groups of people more than five i have trouble with i can talk to one people one person or two people or three people but more than that unless it's an audience i find difficult to navigate and quite draining because you can never actually have a conversation in a group that's larger than five it's always it's just a number of small interactions it's it's unnatural like it's it's, it is unnatural that's not how big our prehistoric social groups were. Like, there was no, there's no way that your, like, evolutionary brain is prepared for that level of interaction. But I quite like with people that you don't know. If I don't know anyone, I can. What about like a family Christmas? I find too that much. draining. Too much. I I don't mind say at festivals where they have a big party on the last night and I know most of the people in the room even that I find quite draining it can be um I quite like that's my ideal situation to deal with that or to not know anybody or just know one or two people and then just have the rest as noise Mm. um yeah I just I don't I never felt like alcohol would help and the way that people drink and at least started drinking when I was growing up was to drink until they were unconscious Mm. and I was never willing to do that just because I think it's terrible for your body and so there was no point yeah I I figured I could never drink and and be as drunk as everybody else was so I might as well not drink at all save my money and be able to drive home like (laughs) if I had like two beers Mm. I was still going to be the most sober person, so I might as well... Might as well save your ability yeah. to drive home. Yeah. So yeah. I did that. I've been drinking more in the last year or two. 
Um, and by more, I mean... At all. Yeah, at all. And part of it was just cracking to the pressure of... If I'm at a pub with people, I'll have one small beer. Because I just can't <laughs> argue anymore. I just can't. Hey, that's peer pressure does work, kids. Yeah, they did. They got me. They got you at in the end. At age 26, they got me. Um, the only time I enjoy drinking is if I'm in a terrible mood. That sounds and unhealthy. <laughs> I know, but it's it brightens me up. It's if I want to, if I'm in a bad mood, and I want to be in an ironically bad mood like I want to deliberately make it worse so I can properly enjoy it mm. like during festival cancelled my show felt terrible because no one had come then drank four or five straight scotches until I was just ridiculous like it's so drunk but you've really made that decision yeah to enjoy that as an experience that comes out of sadness yeah sadness and pathos i have a similar experience not that experience but i remember being really upset about something that had happened and and really broke my heart and i was in a room in the bedroom i was traveling i was uh, and i was lying next to the bed on the floor on the concrete mm. floor and crying and I remember thinking very distinctly, I could get up and be on the bed and be comfortable while I'm yes. sobbing heartbreakingly, but I don't want to. Like, I want this to be as <laughs> as yeah. awful an experience as it is. Don't, it's that, don't comfort me. I don't want comfort. I want to be as sad as I am. I well, want to feel this. The booze for me was, if I drank, I got to sit in a chair and everybody would come and talk to me because I found it hilarious that I had yeah. been drinking. Yeah. I got to be properly obnoxious. Yeah. And people would just go, oh, she's drunk. Yeah. You know, I'm never obnoxious enough that I will hurt people's feelings or anything like that. But I never had to... I think after five scotches, you don't have to put in a lot of effort. Yeah. So I got to just be in a shitty mood and then cheer myself up with... With that. Yeah. With the, with the, yeah, that's an interesting one. With the experience that wouldn't have happened had my show gone ahead as normal. Are you plugging anything? We should wrap this up. Um, no, not really. Not at the moment. You're if in Sydney. I, it'll go out this afternoon. Yeah, I'm at Story Club on Monday night at Giant Dwarf. Monday the... 7th? 7th of July at Giant Dwarf. Yeah. And then you're on Twitter and stuff? Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I lost one follower today. I don't know who it was. Do you so know why? I, I haven't tweeted for about a month, so either they got bored. <laughs> <laughs> I presume I didn't offend anybody a month ago. And With then your they, silence? <laughs> no, I offended them a month ago and they've just been stewing over it and then made a decision a month later. Maybe you, maybe you sneered at them in the street or something. Maybe I did. Maybe I walked past somebody and they got hurt. So, yeah, if somebody can... Uh, replace your lost replace follower. Replace my lost follower, I would like that. Because it was 550 followers. Now I'm only at 549. It's just such an ugly, uneven number. At Laura Davis, is it? Or uh, Laura Davis Comic. At Laura Davis Comic. Yeah. All right. <laughs>